everybody, and welcome to How to Be Me Again. This is the podcast where we are learning how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. I'm Kristen. And I'm Maddie. And <laughs> I have had a weirdly romantic week. <laughs> really? Ooh. Well, like, so in, in, you know how last week we were kind of talking about the two different sides of romance, kind yeah. of like when we're over-romanticizing something and then yeah. like, like more like traditional how we would think of romance yeah and given that this week was you know we had valentine's day last week and you know so i had kind of both sides of the coin really play out (laughs) where i don't know if it's because we have more help with our kids and rory and i kind of having a little bit more time to ourselves and like to spend with one another but like i don't know if i said this last week a lot of like our affection has come back where we're like holding hands or more cuddles or like yeah which is it's really nice and i didn't realize how much i'd been missing it until it's like kind of Mm -hmm. there again yeah but then on the other side of things we got a car last week i can't believe it was only last week this what what are a lot has happened yeah (laughs) um and i was i was so romanticizing the idea of having the car and the freedom that i would get and driving and how it would feel and like i'd really like been in that future place for a couple of weeks as i was kind of sorting it out and especially in those few days where it kept getting delayed by like oh they need this extra form and then we didn't hear back and when can we pick it up oh another day so just kept getting pushed back and then when I've got the car and like yesterday, I, well, for the first thing, Rory did the first drive, which I was like, mm, I'm not happy about this. <laughs> um, but so that's, that's a whole other story. But then it was like, you know, we were both fighting to like who gets to drive the car. And then yeah. yesterday I had to drive to, from the Sunshine Coast to Harvey Bay and back, which is like a five hour round trip with my one-year-old daughter in the back. Okay. And that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of driving. I was exhausted. I woke up at 3 a.m. And I am totally overdriving the car already. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, I, just, I just don't want to be in the car for a few days. So it's like, yeah. you know, kind of the shine, like the romance kind of came off the whole, the whole thought I had around the car and what it would mean. Totally. It's still fantastic. Yeah. But like, yeah, the romance is definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> something like I I know because last week we had so many technical difficulties so we didn't really like delve into it too much but we were starting to talk about over romanticizing things and I think like I'm definitely super guilty of that and I think it's something that comes along with people who live in the future like you and I both do because we spend so much time almost daydreaming about this future thing and you know over romanticizing it And I think for me in the last week, it's been very much like I've been trying to be very real about things. And it's Mm. like I didn't I wasn't I thought that I needed to put effort into being more romantic and like making effort in that way, which I still think that I do need to do. But I realized so much of it was I needed to stop over romanticizing things because that's where I was getting disappointed or I was like not putting that effort in or not really realizing that I was having romantic moments with my husband or even just by myself where I was like, you know, having that special feeling of like, oh, I'm eating a special dinner or like I'm, you know, watching a movie and really like being cozy or whatever, like whatever that is just really appreciating the moment for what it was. I wasn't doing that because I was 
thinking in the future so much. I had this idea of what it was supposed to be that I was missing what was actually right in front of my face. I mean, it's so cliche yeah. to say that, but it's true. <laughs> uh, well, but it is. I, I think that's so many of us are guilty of that, right? Especially, yeah. like you said, those like those of us that really live in the future. Um, I had a question for you that's now flown, flown away. <laughs> um but I, I, what I am curious to know is, like, what kind of instances did it come up for you? Like, were there things that you realised, like, future pacing that were, like, really romantic or was it more a general feeling? Um, It was more a general feeling. Like, I know this week I really put effort into... Um like, I had a few moments where, like, Greg and I, we really like cooking together. We realized that during COVID oh. that we really enjoy doing that, but we haven't done that together in a really long time, mm. even though it would be so easy to make it happen because we cook individually all the time, like, every day. But, um, so we made an effort to, to say, okay, we're going to go buy st- some steaks and we're going to, like, make this nice meal and, you know, like, just put that extra energy into we're going to do this and we'll do it together. So we, like, mm. made had a few moments like that where we really made these special moments uh, mm. together. And then we had Valentine's Day, which is also the anniversary of when we first met because we met on yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it was just really nice. Like, it was so low-key. We didn't really mm. even do anything special. But we ended up, because um, the sun, it was super cloudy and rainy. And then the sun came out right around sunset time. And so we both were just working in the office. And then Greg was like, hey, we should go get outside, get some fresh air, and let's go watch the sunset down, like, at this, like, beach kind of park area. And I was like, okay, cool, let's just go do it. Like... And I realized that that by being open to it in the moment and just being like, yeah, that sounds great. And like letting it happen and not making Mm. anything because I feel like my over romanticizing side would be like, oh, well, let's, you know, have a picnic and let's get this like, let's do it properly if we're going to go like enjoy the sunset at the park. Yes. And then the under-romanticizing side of me would be like, no, no, that's too much work. That by the time we get there, the sunset's going to be, like, the sun's going to be down and it's nothing, right? So I was able yes. to, in a few instances, find that sweet spot between, like, over-romanticizing and under-romanticizing. Maybe that's overthinking nice. and underthinking, or whatever it, however you want to put it. Yeah. I always find it so fascinating to hear, like the kinds of things that people find to be special because Mm. I I do think we have this like very warped sense of special thanks to Hollywood and you know rom-coms and all that kind of stuff but like you said about cooking together like Mm -hmm. it's interesting because Rory one of Rory and Amai's favorite activities to do together is go shopping like just to the grocery store and because we act like total like children like we just Mm. like play we like we kind of like play and um I don't know, cuddle each other or arms around or like there's, there's a lot of affection that seems to happen in that specific setting. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just something like it's kind of developed. But it, it's in, it's interesting to kind of observe how people show that. And I think we need to give more attention to that. Like it made me think as you were saying that when I think about how I'd like support with my kids so I can get more one-on-one time with Rory, sometimes I would just like the opportunity for us to go shopping together with our kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's where we get to like not have to worry about what's what's the toddler picking off the shelf or like exactly. oh the baby's starting to scream quick we got to race through and oh we forgot that thing we were going to get like it becomes yeah. less of a 
like a to do and more of an experience. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I totally get. I miss that. that. <laughs> but it's kind of nice to be able to acknowledge it because then you can yeah. work towards making it happen again, right? And like make that exactly. a priority and say, "I really miss that." So let's make it happen now. Yeah. You know. Exactly. I do think Actually, though, we've been looking. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say we've been looking for an opportunity to have our first because we've we've slowly been getting our baby Zaley warmed up to her grandparents because she took <laughs> about a week to really like yeah. like settle in yeah and now she is but we haven't had like a Rory and I go off one on one with you know not totally not at home date yeah. yet or anything. But I think what would be a really good introduction is for us to say, we're just going to go to do our grocery shopping. And like, that's, that's a, a great short, idea. you know, maybe yeah. it's an hour yeah. at the most. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that would be a really good opportunity. I'm, I'm glad that I th- we've had this conversation because yeah. I'm going to like go and do that. <laughs> that's great because it's a perfect little like foray into the babysitting yeah. thing for the grandparents and for the kids to get used to it and you're like okay if this goes well just extend it by a few hours each time exactly. <laughs> and then before yeah, exactly. you know it you'll be away for a weekend it'll be great <laughs> oh, I just want a week in Greece yeah <laughs> so exactly am I asking too much <laughs> no no you're asking the exact right amount <laughs> yeah excellent excellent probably not even enough let's go two weeks <laughs> exactly yeah aim high exactly that's funny <laughs> But yeah, it does make me interested. Like, I, I just think this conversation highlights to me that we, like, I, I get, I, I talk to people who feel like there's nothing special about their relationship anymore, mm-hmm. or they become, like they're in a rut or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think that I think that's more often than not, and this is totally an assumption, but more often than that, I feel like it's because there's not big things happening. And I imagine this is particularly yeah. pre- prevalent during COVID where it's been so hard to, you know, maybe go on a holiday or go even yeah. go out to And there's a nothing breaking up your time, not even necessarily leaving no. the house for work, right? Like yeah. it's, there is no variation in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Where I think it's about focusing on what are those little like, like micro kind of, things that you do together or yeah. moments or whatever that you can like enhance like yeah. not even that you have to like make them a big deal but just enhance enough that it's like you focus on them more you bring more awareness yeah. and attention and kind yeah. of soak it in because I think too there's something too like kind of like you're saying about going down to watch the sunset I think you're being so present to that moment means that it, it like you soak more of that in, like you replenish Absolutely. Yeah. your like romance tank a little bit more yeah. because you're more present to it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was also too because, like, if you think about you know the relationship side of it, it made Greg feel good because he suggested something and I didn't qu- yeah. question him on it like I normally do with almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> you what know do you mean? I, what would that look like? Yeah. What, what, how would we get it's there? Like, yeah like that that doesn't make sense we're not gonna do that or no let's go later or no I don't want to or whatever right like I was just like okay cool yeah that sounds great let's go and we it just was easy for both of us and it was nice Mm. so he felt good that he had suggested something that ended up being a really nice time for both of us and yeah Yeah. it was just good it's interesting actually because for my other podcast um or something that we do like the origins of something each week this week I did um, or I'm going to do tomorrow we're recording uh, the origin of love marriages so getting married oh. for love instead of for oh. like be, it being arranged or whatever like when did that start yeah. yeah 
And so I just I just came like right before we started recording from like doing like hours and hours of research for that. But it and I didn't even it didn't even clue into me that it would be so relevant to what we're talking about right yeah. now. Well, now I'm, I feel like it's a total spoiler for the other podcast, but now I want to oh know like, what the origins of love marriages it are. It is so fascinating because for most of history, people didn't get married for love. Like they got married for wow. like kids and economic reasons and for, yeah. you know, alliances and all that kind of stuff, everything except love. And it was actually really rejected in a lot of cultures like ancient Greece, like the ancient Romans, all that stuff. They really rejected the idea that you would be in love with your spouse. And so wow. even like in like like the 12th and 13th centuries, they had it was it was common and like super accepted for people like they're like no love is a good feeling and you should be feeling love but never for your spouse you go and you have those feelings with your mistress or your lover like that's who you have those feelings with because love was not an emotion that people trusted it was something like they it was like the lust you know how we look now at people oh you fell yes. head over heels over somebody yeah. but like you'll come out of that honeymoon phase and then reality will hit right so they knew that too and they thought at certain times in history they thought it was actually a mental illness like or like an illness which is where the term lovesick comes from because they thought you were sick you were ill with something it's just something you have to get over yeah oh so they they're like you you would never do that combine that feeling or that kind of emotion with something as important as a marriage because a marriage was seen as a very important legal contract like a, a legal yeah you know really important thing to to keep um like the whole community stable and the whole well, family I, I like stable at the most like basic level it's like survival like you have yeah. to you know like pair up with someone who's strong like I think that, like the mm -hmm. decisions that would come into who you would mate with you know yeah. if we bring it back to animalistic is like yeah like you know that's where you, you want to choose the strong person like who gives a shit if they love me I want them to protect me or I want them to exactly you know provide for me or yeah or I want the woman who's gonna be able to bear the best children or whatever yep. like that makes exactly. a lot of sense and yeah. it's also like tragically sad <laughs> <laughs> it feels like in my 21st century, you know, yeah. opinion. It was only in the 1800s that it became actually commonplace and popular for people to start marrying for love. Like, that that was wow. how they made their decision, was based on That's love. That's fascinating. Yeah. But Isn't also, that doesn't that speak to, like, how many of those, like, novels like old novels or old stories are mm -hmm. uh, based on like this forbidden love like doesn't it speak to the word forbidden and like, yeah. how I, why that was attributed to love because yeah. people would have to like sneak around and you know like to marry for love would have been such a um almost like shirking society I suppose yeah and if you so people there were some people that did do it but if you did it yeah. you hid the fact that that's why you got married although most people wow. would be able to know that that's why because if you weren't if there was no economic benefit to it they'd be like what why did you do that kind of thing but you couldn't flaunt it you couldn't there was a guy um a politician in ancient Rome that got kicked out of the senate because he uh, had kissed his wife in public like he had displayed wow. such affection for his wife where other people could witness it. Yeah, because it wasn't, that's they were like, no, you don't love your spouse. Like, that's not what that's about. But 
And it also makes me wonder when you say that, because when you said it like got kicked out of the parliament for kissing, mm-hmm. that kissing was so closely tied to love. Mm-hmm. And it makes yeah. me wonder if kissing wasn't a very common physical act like for a long time maybe like maybe there's sex because like that was to procreate and you know extend the species but it wasn't necessary like kissing's not necessary for that so i I wonder if there wasn't much of that i think that what they i think that they associated love with lust quite often so it was love and like like because then when you were married obviously like one of the main reasons was to procreate and know that those were your offspring and there's an inheritance and it's like all that kind of stuff right um so obviously they were having sex in a marriage but like if you were really passionate about somebody it was never with your spouse it was with other people because polygamy Mm. was like like polygamy was super common for a long time and really it's still common in a lot of places and a lot of like arranged marriages are really common in eastern cultures still like it's really only western cultures that have like shirked all of that other stuff and have gone fully into you have one man one woman or you know now with um uh like gay relationships and other you know relationships obviously it's not only man and woman but um you have two people that are in that are married and like monogamy, that like monogamy we're supposed to be, polygamy, yeah. yeah, and that we're supposed to be soulmates, and it's supposed to be true yeah. love, and you're supposed to figure out if they're your soulmate for forever, and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And it's like, but why? Like that's not how we operate. It's really not. Well, yeah, but isn't it interesting too to observe that it's almost like monogamy and love have become the flavor of the millennium? Like, yeah. that's where we're at now. Whereas before it was like, well, love's not a part of the equation. We want to extend the species. We need to populate. Yeah. Have sex with as many people as you want to. Like, yeah. and I'm more exclusively speaking to the men because <laughs> I of don't course. know that the women yeah. were as, as allowed to do such things. Yeah. But um, that is interesting to, because now the monogamous of us mm-hmm. tend to be very judgmental of polygamous relationships and anything that doesn't resemble monogamy. Absolutely. Um, but when and when you look back in history, as you say, it, it, it was like monogamy was very rare. It was yeah. really quite rare. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's so interesting. Like looking at so many of the different cultures, like um, Eskimo culture. So like, yeah, like in Northern Arctic Inuit specific area. Yeah. 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 Um, they for a long time had like what they call co-marriages so it would be like a couple a a couple of couples together but they'd all swap partners and it didn't matter who's who fathered the child they all would raise the kids they'd swap yeah like even like they'd even like share kids with other people if if a couple couldn't have a baby they'd be like here you can just have one of ours and raise it as your own like it didn't everything was very fluid in that way and it worked really well like there wasn't any jealousy between so like you didn't talk about if there was jealousy for about anything like everybody just they just but there probably wasn't because there's no reason to like no like Jealousy is so based in like, like, je- like if we talk about jealousy, jealousy is so based in people feeling like they're not enough, like yeah. that they're letting their partner down. And I think monogamy probably really perpetuates a lot of the, the jealousy that people feel yeah. because it is if you're tying to one partner and then their eyes are wandering, then it's like I'm not enough. I'm not like, doing a oh, good you're enough gonna job. Leave I'm me failing as a security. partner. Yeah. 
But if yes, there's room for more exactly. people in the relationship, then they're not going to leave you just because they're seeking out something else yes. with somebody else. But I think it's yeah. interesting, like how you were saying that, you know, right now, like monogamy is, you know, the trendy Play thing. For a millennium. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be- because, like, you see now all these different relationships, like the thruples and like the polyamory yeah. is coming back you know big it time really is. like yeah. with the younger generations they're definitely much more accepting of different types of relationships and a mm. different kind of structure to relationships just and which i think goes along with all of the the gender fluidity and all of mm. that stuff like they're just blurring the lines there because there isn't really a need for it from an economic standpoint or a social standpoint like yeah. there there isn't that you know that same kind of requirement to say oh well look at my you know handsome husband or look at my beautiful wife and my 2.5 kids like the nuclear family isn't as much of a concept anymore you know no no exactly right and like it's like yeah i think as people start questioning more and more their sexual identities their gender identities like they're like why wouldn't we be also questioning our relationship, yeah. like relational identities? Because, yeah, yeah I, I like for me, like monogamy works for me very well. But yeah. I also have, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast a while back, but like I was talking to Rory recently about something to do with my sexuality. And he was very much like, oh, you know, if you ever wanted to explore that, that's cool. Like, he doesn't have a lot of jealousy he's a very yeah. secure attachment type which yeah. surprised me but I also when ha- when I had the option available to me I don't want to take it up like I'm quite happily yeah. monogamous yeah but I, I also I have friends who are in like throuples or have open marriages and it's it works for them like I yeah. I was very judgmental to start because I think that's how I've been conditioned and raised it's like that's yeah you, you you're supposed to have one partner and I was probably also raised that it has to be a man and a woman mm-hmm. and the more those ideas are broken down and challenged and replaced it's like what's like what how is it hurting the only thing challenge I have is that I want women to have the same rights as men or yeah or you know gender non-conforming people have the same rights as everyone else like I want yeah everyone to be able to like if women want to have equality multiple yeah. partners mm-hmm. like they can have multiple partners like I don't yep. the only thing a challenge I have with polyamory is that it tends to be that a man gets to have lots of women and not yeah. the other way around but um, although the only examples that I know of people in real life that I'm connected to in some way it's a woman <laughs> that is the one that's like ah, interesting. no I want to have more like yeah. I want the open relationship I'm the one that wants it which I found like that was kind of shocking to me because I just assume it's mm. the man that is doing it but I'm like oh okay that's yeah. kind of interesting um what was I gonna say oh here we go classic Kristen it's been a while since oh, I forgot what I'm, I was gonna say yeah I'm pleased that you called it classic Kristen I was fully <laughs> expecting you to say classic Maddie and just try and shift it over and I was like I'm ready I'm ready to bite back <laughs> Uh, well, whilst you're remembering that, I was just yeah. going to say too, it makes me think as well, just speaking around all of this, like family makeup and relationship makeup. Um, I remember watching a couple of documentaries and even the show Big Love about the Mormon family. Oh, I love the that show. That's so good. Right? But it, like, and you know, like it's like, I think it's kind of been produced in a way to 
reflect poorly on the Mormon way of life mm. and I'm not going to speak to the religious aspect of it yeah. but I do see the benefit in like there's this this so, well, you know we're talking about a village recently like that's I exactly feel like it yeah. it's really built in village yeah, yeah. Like, it does make sense yeah. when you look at it from that perspective yeah at least to me <laughs> exactly because I think the, the times where I've really questioned my relationship with my husband it's always been based on am I giving him enough and is he giving me enough in the ways that we Mm. need to fulfill each other right and I'm very aware logically that you can't find a hundred percent of what you need in just one person right that's why we have friends that's why we like need to keep our family connections strong like we have these other people in our lives because not one one person can't give you everything, right? So even though I understand that, then it's also that thing of like, well, this is my spouse and we're supposed to be, you know, forging ahead together in life. But Mm. if he doesn't give me everything, then like I need this on a daily basis. Like I need this, you know, and he needs this. And like, how do we reconcile all of that? And that's been the number one thing whenever I've had these big questions of like, you know, is this relationship the right one for me? You know, not that I Mm. question often, but I do have those questions sometimes. It always comes down to, well, he wasn't able to give me that one thing I needed in that moment when I really needed it, you know? And it's like, okay, but that's why we need a village. That's why we need these people around us so that we all have some level of support on whatever like in whatever degree that we need it at whatever time that we Mm. need it you know and that's normal to make that normal Mm. is the thing because we've like we were both raised you know we were raised in a a society that says you only need that person and if you're seeking anything outside of it it means maybe you're not right for each other and I hate that that's the first place that my brain goes where it's like oh no you must not be right for each other then if that's Mm. the case it's like no just because I need stuff outside of this relationship doesn't mean that it's gonna fail like that we don't have something that will make it work you know it's just like I I want it to be normalized that it can be okay to have those other outlets right well, that's where I'm going to start pointing fingers again at rom-coms because I feel like this yeah. whole concept of, like, Mr. Right mm-hmm. is so detrimental because yeah. it really does speak to this one person mm-hmm. having everything that you need. But oftentimes, too, the movies are so surface level. <laughs> it's like, he's got to have a good job. He's got to have this. So it's like, there's not enough focus on... Like, cause as you were saying that... I think it's important to understand what aspects you absolutely do need in a partner. And more often than not, it's like, at least for me, I feel like it's about communication. It's about like, can you communicate? Are they understanding? Are they empathetic? Like those types of things. Yeah. Um, As opposed to like, does he say the right thing when I'm crying or does he? Exactly. You know, know, like those things that maybe, maybe they don't. Mm -hmm. And that's where, okay, when I feel this way and I need to get this kind of support, I go to that, that different person in my village. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think we do need to like get more clear like, and I wish rom-coms would help us with this. (laughs) Like we get more clear on like, what are, the absolutely non-negotiable things that we need in a relationship and what else can be outsourced to other people you know and in some cases like talking about things like polyamory 
I see for the friends that I have who are in open marriages that like sex and they're like what they need sexually mm-hmm. falls into one of those um, negotiable things yeah. in their relationship yeah. like with their significant other because it's not in, like and it's interesting you were talking about love and like the, the marriage and stuff because I feel like love and sex also got so closely tied together whereas oh that really gosh. wasn't the case for such yeah. a long time as part of having polyamory and that whereas yeah. now to have sex with someone else is like a direct slight you know with regards to the love you have with that person yeah. and yet I see the people in open marriages kind of disconnect them and saying no my love exists regardless of who you're sleeping with yeah you know? absolutely and that's to me yeah 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 and it was um plato that he talked about how like he didn't trust romantic love and he said the the most true form of love is love between family members or friends and that's mm. why it's called platonic love like it's a platonic relationship or whatever he said that's the truest form of um like our love like that's the that's what we should aspire to is love on that level because romantic love you can't trust it and it's it is seen Mm. as like an illness or you know like that lovesick thing so i was like well that's really interesting and i think we have by by adding that sex in and adding every all the other things we're putting everything in this one relationship and it yeah. just doesn't make sense to be that like that like i just no. it can't possibly that relationship can't possibly hold all of those things and achieve it properly i mean maybe no. it can with certain people but i think that's that's fairly rare but we're led Absolutely. to believe that that's what we should be seeking out and we should never settle for less Right. Yes. And I don't think that's fair. (laughs) No. And like, and I think things like the advent of online dating and and app dating Mm -hmm. has really perpetuated this problem of like trying to find a narrower and narrower set of criteria for the person that we're looking for. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, I have friends who've, you know, been on so many dates and they get so fed up with it. And I, I, I can't speak to that experience because I, I kind of met Rory on online dating before app dating even existed, right, <laughs> which is yeah. funny because I feel like I'm still part of this generation, but for some reason I missed the app dating altogether. <laughs> so I don't understand how challenging it is, but mm-hmm. I have read stuff about the fact that like, and again, I'm going into the binary here, but like women are getting a narrower and narrower set of criteria for what they're looking for in a man mm-hmm. and men see the opportunity to have more choice and to kind of be more free it's a numbers game so, <laughs> yeah yeah men. exactly yeah. and it's so interesting because i was just reading um the book attached mm-hmm. uh, for, by who i can't remember um but <laughs> it talks about attachment types in uh relationships and how there's secure anxious and avoidant attachment types yeah and avoidant people are the ones that kind of keep you at arm's length. They just give you enough to kind of keep you around. I think we were talking about this last time, but yeah. it's so when I hear these stories, I really feel like there's like this the the app dating world is kind of perpetuating anxious and avoidant attachment type yeah. people and putting them together so much more frequently that's yeah. creating like relationship trauma for yeah. especially ang- ang- you know anxious uh, attachment type people and. Yeah, it, like, in some ways I'm like, yes, you could be meeting people that you wouldn't otherwise meet if you didn't end up in the same bar or magically on the same night. Yeah. But 
maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, who's to know? I feel like there's a study in there somewhere. Yeah, and I just, I just think it's so much more down to like, um, what we're looking for and figuring out what we're looking mm. for and being okay with because uh, I mean the truth of the matter, especially as you get older and you're online dating and whatever, like you're trying to put yourself out there, you know yourself so much better than you did when you were 20, right? Yeah. And, like, dating anybody, you're going to be like, oh, that's a red flag. Like, every everything's a red flag. Everybody has baggage. Like, nobody is yeah. perfect. Nobody is going to be that perfect soulmate where you lock eyes across the room. Like, I've had yeah. those moments, but those people were definitely not my soulmates. Like, it was a magical moment yeah. at the time where you're like, ooh, this is going to be great. And then it's like, okay, it just there's nothing else there because it was just a moment and it was just that infatuation or that lust or that whatever like there's different names for it but it's not a soulmate and it's not what we should be basing our entire lives on right like have we spoken about sparks uh, did we talk about sparks on the podcast i can't remember if we have i'm gonna talk about it again um (laughs) do it (laughs) because something that so to exactly your point my past dating history had pretty exclusively been made up of people I'd sparked with Mm. so like having this like really super intense romantic like movie romantic um experience at the beginning yeah where I felt that like that intensity in my chest like it's like oh like I'm so in love with them so quickly you know yeah like what people call the spark and I didn't get that with Rory And Mm -hmm. it was very challenging for me because in the first... Because we met on online dating and, uh, like, he was very calm. There was no drama. Like, and so I didn't feel any spark. And I, for the first full six months of our relationship, was like, I just don't know if this is going to last because it's just... It's almost like it's that too easy. Like, it's too easy to be with him. Like, shouldn't there be some, like, more fight? And it's funny because I feel like I probably said in a past life, like, I need a little fight in my relationship. Yeah. I really don't. (laughs) Like, like, fight was actually the worst. But I had to recondition myself. And I think it was letting, like, kind of shedding a lot of those preconceived ideas, a lot of those Hollywood ideas of, like, what I was looking for and having to have the spark and having to have the special story of Yeah, where you have that dramatic, like, culmination and then you come together afterwards and it's this amazing thing. Yeah. Exactly. And I'd had all of those, you know, and then to meet Rory, which at the time I met him on online dating, which I felt very embarrassed about for years. It used to be such an embarrassing thing. Yeah. Didn't it? And now it's just so normal. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting on a bus, uh, like, I think about a year after we'd met. And I was like, why wouldn't I talk about how we met? Because we're still together. Like, it's not about how you met. It's about how you continue. Yeah. And, like, it was a real light bulb moment, moment for me um and it really doesn't matter how you meet like I, yeah. I, I, but but we're kind of again we're kind of conditioned to be like it has to be a meet cute like it has totally. to happen in some magical way we have to bump into each other reaching for that glove like in yep. serendipity or you know like all these yep. crazy things well it it's interesting <laughs> yeah because greg and i had one of those meetings where you it was did. like this like cosmic thing and i think i've talked about it so i won't describe the whole thing again but like we like it was a window of like five minutes if something had gone differently for either one of us we never would have run into each other like it was the craziest thing 
and it, we met on Valentine's Day and it was just purely by chance and we hit it off and we lived on separate continents and somehow like still came together. So everybody that I would tell the story to would be like, oh, that's so romantic. You should like sell your story to Netflix and make a movie out of it. Like it's the most romantic thing. And I had people almost like saying it to me so much that I almost started saying back to them, like, yeah, but it didn't feel that way. Because, like, it felt amazing and incredible. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it was amazing. But because you're in a relationship and relationships are hard and you're learning about people and you're vulnerable and they're vulnerable. Like, it's, it's not like in the movies. It wasn't that thing. Like, looking back on it even, I don't have that sense. Because when you're in it, it doesn't feel the same way. Yes. And we've had far more romantic or far more like movie, way more movie moments like since then. But it's just, it's just an interesting thing that I had that moment, but it it didn't Mm. feel like that moment, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting. But it makes me think too, like I wish, what I'd love to see in film is more of the messy middle. I'd like to see like... Like, Although, not, would we really, really want to watch that? that? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, I think I would. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all to do with what's the story. But, it's, I mean, yeah. everything's based on the hero's journey. So whether it fits yeah. into the hero's journey or not, who's to know? Yeah. Um, it's so funny because it got, got me thinking, Rory and I had a little tiff last night. Yeah. And we had this, uh, we had this thing where, like, I, tried, I tested out something new. I said, I just want us to say all the things we're afraid to say to each other, to like we're afraid of hurting each other's feelings because I've really gotten into this habit recently where I say something that I'm upset about mm-hmm. and that hurts Rory's feelings because he's feel bad for making me feel away. And then mm-hmm. I end up comforting him. And so oh, I actually yeah. went looking for comfort, but I end up doing the comforting. Yep. And so we're in this cycle, right? <laughs> and then I get, and then the cycle got extended because then that happened. And then I saw myself and then I get angry and I'm like, oh, stop getting upset. Even though I want him to feel his feelings. And it's just this like weird, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, oh, catch 22 kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah. So last night we were getting into that cycle when we were like talking about stuff. And I said, okay. I'm just going to say all the stuff that I feel and you're going to say all the stuff that you feel and we're just going to be totally candid with each other right now, mm-hmm. like no holes barred. Um, and it was really therapeutic, actually, because we just said all the stuff. And once I'd emptied my tank, I almost started making jokes. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah. I feel so light. <laughs> so I've got it out now. And poor Rory wasn't at the end of his tank yet. And so I'm, like, starting oh, no. to tell jokes. And he's like, I'm really trying to keep it together. And I was like, sorry, Aww. sorry. But... But, like, it was interesting because that's the kind of stuff I don't see. I don't see, like, how do you resolve things? Like, so many of the stories we're told are, like, blissful beginnings or Mm -hmm. tragic endings or, you know, like, or or it's a super happy couple that's always happy, happy always. Like, we don't get to see the kind of messy... And then the resolution. Yeah. Like, or you see the little, like, yeah, or you see the little, like, the squabbling or whatever, but it's done in a humorous kind of way. And I'm like, but some of those comments, like, Greg and I will, you know, like, like pick at each other and like say you know like little comments like that but I'm like it doesn't feel fun and good natured when we say it because there's all this underlying stuff and then it leads to an argument or it leads to quiet resentment or it leads to other stuff right and but they never address any of that I mean obviously they're not going to on a sitcom but it's 
if yeah. they just show like the it, that reality like and I mean I I sometimes wonder if for me because I came from a family that my parents got divorced when I was at such a young age like mm. I don't have any memories of them ever being nice to each other like I don't have memories mm. of them hugging each other like there was definitely no physical affection around me modeled wow. around me as a child yes. there was no positive relationship between a man and a woman modeled around me like in yes. a in a marriage setting anyway so like I, I sometimes wonder if I've like I've missed something because I I don't even know what that would look like. Like I don't even mm-hmm. know what a positive relationship is supposed to look like. So so many times when I have these feelings of like, well, I'm not doing it the way that I think I'm supposed to be doing it, or this doesn't feel like what I think it's supposed to feel. Like my meeting story, like Greg and I meeting. Yeah. It's like that didn't feel like what I know it looks like to other people. I mean, it still felt amazing and great, but it was a very different mm. feeling from that like amazing super high highs right like because it comes along with reality and all the things that come along with reality you know and doesn't that speak just again to the village like imagine if you had a village where you get a bit more exposure to people because i think too like it, you can't just see your friend's parents who are happy. Like, you kind of need to know them and see how they operate yeah. more day to day to really yeah. get that modeling. That's yeah. so important because, like, I had a friend's parents who I was close with who continue to this day to have a very loving, nurturing relationship. They're very supportive of one another. Yeah. And I look to them as being my example of a happy marriage. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't have that, I would feel because I feel similarly like my parents were together until I was 17, but it wasn't like they weren't particularly affectionate people. Um, they had led really very separate lives because my dad was a, a fly in, fly out minor. Right. And a lot of the time, like 50% of the time, it was just us kids with my mom. Right. And then dad would come in and have like this, like, you know, just blast through for a week, like <laughs> doing whatever he wants, have lots of fun, like whatever. Yeah. And then he'd leave again, like yeah. very tumultuous in a, in that kind of way, mm-hmm. not consistent kind of like steady, like mum was that for us, but yeah, like as a relationship, it felt very disjointed. So yeah. I feel a little less similar where it's kind of, you're forging your own path wondering like is this right and even like yes there's is this right when you're trying to compare it to what the world expects of you but even not knowing within yourself like does this feel right like I don't know if this feels right I don't have anything to kind of like remember feeling good about like does that make sense and yeah and because we're told all those things of like oh, did you feel the spark? Did you feel like butterflies in your tummy? Or did you, you know, like all these different things, like, did you feel that way? And it's like, well, no. So does that mean that I'm wrong then? Because I still, like, I have a very deep love for my husband, but like, it's not always rosy and wonderful and great. And there are days, you know, like last night I was like, I was just like, okay, I need time by myself. I have to put those boundaries in place because it's really important to me. So I'm like, I had to say to him, I'm like, I really love you, but you need to stop talking to me right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to, I, and I went into the room and I watched TV by myself in the bedroom and I was like, okay, cool. I just needed some time to decompress by myself and it wasn't anger ridden. It, like, there wasn't anything else there, but mm. I, I think that what we're taught is that if he was my soulmate, if he was my true soulmate, he would know. 
he would just know. Yes. He would just know intuitively. <laughs> yeah, he would just know all the right things to say and do in every single moment. And it would just always be that way. And we'd always be like on the same page about everything. And that is just not reality. No. You know? Absolutely. It's, you know, it got me thinking now about. Um, have you seen the new the new and just like that series the no. Sex and the City reboot? Oh no, I never watched any of the Sex and the City. I tried, but I okay, great. couldn't get into it. No, no. Well, <laughs> okay. I'm going to totally do spoilers here. So if anyone okay. has hasn't watched it yet and they intend to, maybe pause the podcast. Um, so one of the characters, Miranda, has been married to Steve, and they had this kind of like like kind of messy getting together in the series and they finally got married and had a kid or had a kid and then got married and like this new series is them like their son's now 18 so they've been married for like say 17 years yeah and basically the spoiler is Miranda decides that she wants to leave Steve and she's she ends up with a um non-binary person oh okay uh, that she kind of falls in love with. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because in the show, there's this conversation where she's like telling Steve that, okay, I'm leaving. Like, like our life is too sedentary. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to hear the exchange because she's talking about how there's no excitement, there's no life, there's, you know, no thing. And he's like, yeah, but I thought this is what life looked like. Like this is oh. this is where we're supposed to get to is like, yes, life is all about our nighttime ice cream routine. Like that's where life gets to and it's comfortable and it's steady and like, mm-hmm. you know, and it was really, it was just like potentially good writing because I thought, well, it is interesting to think about what you want life to look like down the track like yeah and part of me and like potentially wrongly really judged Miranda as being like you're always looking for the grass is greener like mm-hmm. you're looking for this exciting you're looking for the spark potentially like you want yeah. the spark to happen again yeah and kind of you know she's mid-50s maybe feeling like life's slowing down on some type things so she's trying to like you know kind of maybe having like quote-unquote a midlife crisis yeah but I do think, again, it's one of those things where we're not really modelled it and there isn't enough talk about the fact that it does take, it takes a lot, I mean, I'm not there, but like it takes a lot of work to have a long-term relationship because things can get stagnant or things might become just steady and like whether you're okay with that. The whole point of life, I believe anyway, that in life we're always learning and we're always growing and we're always changing. And there is no guarantee that you will be changing in the same way as your partner. Like, there can be that thing that you get to a point and you're like, I've discovered that I really want that, like, steady, kind of comfortable life. And I'm really good with it. And I really love Mm. it. And the other person might be like, you know what? I did that for so long that now I'm ready to try something different and learn about myself in this different way or whatever. Like... I think that's why part of me thinks that when people get together from a very young age, like it's easier to date when you're younger and get into a longer term relationship when you're younger because you're just you're learning all those like rapid life changes at the same time. So there's a lot more forgiveness when you're like messing everything up and you're making kind of yeah. questionable decisions because you're just kind of like, okay, cool, let's do it. And like, there's a lot more willingness to like figure it out and 
learn and you end up learning together and kind of growing together almost on mm. the same trajectory. But I think when you get older and you're like, okay, now what? You're not on that same path. There isn't that same goal of like, oh, we're going to, you know, do these things and build a stable life and, you know, whatever. You've done that already. You've kind of achieved those goals. So then yeah. you're like, okay, well, now what? Now who am I and what do I actually want as an individual? Right? I I think that's really accurate, actually, at least in the experience of my brother who has been with his wife uh, now for like, then they've been together 12 years and they met in high school. Okay. And... They, you know, didn't get married until they'd been together like 10 years, but like they were together for such a long time and they're so steady, like easily one of the steadiest couples that I know. Mm -hmm. But what I've really admired about their relationship, having, you know, borne witness to it for these 12 years, is that they've always remained or they've always retained their sense of individuality. Mm, you know throughout yeah. and I think it has something to do with the fact that they like you said kind of went through these experience like these these growth times of life together yeah um but they they've never been like holding on to one another like they're, they're not necessarily codependent like I don't mm -hmm. I don't think codependence is a bad thing but I think it can be if it's used in the wrong way or if it's yeah. like the only thing that you have they really have this lovely balance between codependence and independence mm -hmm. and to the point where like they go on holidays with their own friends like they're not always in each other's pockets like they have their own interests yeah and as someone who um kind of got lost in a few relationships in my early 20s I really lost a lot of my individuality through trying to like please people Same. and yeah you know and I really look at that and admire the fact that they they obviously value being their own people yeah despite the fact that they've been together since they were 16 like yeah I, which I, is I huge just, yeah. yeah it is huge yeah that's really really hard to do I said and see that's yeah. another thing too where it's like I don't know if it's hard for everybody or if it's just really hard for me because I definitely yeah. have a tendency towards becoming codependent and I've been mm. in relationships where that's like my go-to thing of co codependence and that's yes. the number one thing with Greg and I that I'm like I will not put myself in that position again I mm. I love who I am now and I love my independence and I love my life that I don't yeah. want to compromise on certain things or not even compromise but that's not the right word for it at all but um yeah, like, I just lose I don't, yourself again kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I don't want to be dependent yeah. on what somebody else is doing, but it is really hard, I think, because of my personality type, you know, yeah. that I'm an obliger and that I'm a highly sensitive person, so I have a really hard yes. time shutting other people out and tuning out their energy and their emotions and yeah. all of that stuff. So, like, if Greg is having a bit of more of a codependent day and he's, like, kind of, like, you know, almost clinging to me a little bit more... I have a really hard time not letting that affect me and not letting that mm. like derail my energy and my emotions and everything. Right. So that I, makes sense. I'm, I am, I guess not necessarily codependent, but I am somewhat dependent on the energy that is around me. Yeah. You know, I really, I feel that a lot too. Cause because I'm an anxious attachment type, I, as I've mentioned before, I really, let my emotions be dictated by the mm -hmm. emotions of my partner. So if Rory's not okay, I'm not okay. Right. Um, for better or for worse, it's just the way that I am. And the more secure I feel, the less that affects me. But like, yeah. especially when other like external stresses are happening, it really seems to kind of yeah. be exacerbated. <laughs> for sure. Uh, right. But interestingly, because I, I, I think I felt similarly when I met Rory, I really wanted to 
I was just kind of learning how to be independent. Like I'd just broken up for a relationship and whilst I had gone straight back out to look for another one, I definitely knew a lot more about what I did and didn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I met Rory, something that really was attractive was that he really had his own life going on. And like yeah. I remember in the first couple of weeks when we were like, you know, mostly attached at the hip, he would be like, oh, but I'm off rock climbing now. And I'm yeah. like oh cool okay you go do your thing like he he wasn't going to stop living his life for me but he was also very welcoming like it wasn't that he was keeping me at arm's length it it was just like I've got my stuff going on yeah which I like and I find that uh, even now like staying with family and they've still got going to their things that they have in the evenings I look at that and I sometimes my first reaction is like oh for Christ's sake couldn't you have cancelled that when we've come to stay yeah but the other side of me is like well hang on a second I have only ever been taught to sacrifice myself rather than to like retain and when I had kids I found it super challenging because a lot of the, the rhetoric that goes on when you have especially your first kid is like learn how to ask for help like get support like all of that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of vulnerability involved with that and there's a lot of like becoming like especially when like physically you've just had a child like pushed out of your body like you are dependent on other people not just your you know your partner but like there's a medical system you know and that was really challenging to me to feel like I like I had to incorporate some dependence yeah I kind of having had that history feel like it's a slippery slope into like just just falling back into old ways right it is yeah mm-hmm. and that, that's the same way that I feel where like I some dependence is a good thing but yeah because I know my history and I know what I tend to be like it can mm. be such a slippery slope and I am so like guarded against it that I really have a hard time letting go in those moments and just letting someone help me or letting like letting that dependency be okay and be a good thing you know Mm, yeah yeah what a minefield relationships are hard (laughs) they are they're also super rewarding and like they are for sure part of i mean i think this probably has a lot to do with my personal interests and passions but like i i find the journey of having like a relationship with Rory super interesting like mm-hmm. I really yeah uh, like as you were talking about like growing and maybe you grow in different parts I must admit to that being like one of legitimately one of my biggest fears is like that we will grow in different directions and yeah I, I think if we were ever to separate it would be very amicable I don't think we would be like it would be nasty mm-hmm. but it does make me scared to like I just always hope that we stay on the same you know trajectory yeah um because i just love him so much (laughs) i don't want to lose him um but yeah but i also find it equally fascinating to see like how can we do better like how can we communicate like what i think the thing that i love seeing is that every time greg and i have a discussion or have an argument or have something like we both communicate a little bit differently each time so to yeah. me that's like that exciting thing of it's the same as like when you go to the gym and you're like oh last week I couldn't do that many push-ups but this week like I'm killing it because you're like oh yeah. our muscles are growing and it's almost like yes. our our communication muscles are growing and our emotional muscles are growing all the time you know mm-hmm. and that to me is really cool to see because that is a big thing for me of like I've always needed to be around people who are 
open-minded and willing to learn and willing to grow because that's something I really cherish for my own life and that's something I really like focus on and so when you can see the result of that in a relationship it's it's such a good feeling for me of seeing that like oh my gosh like we had that resolution and it was amazing and we feel even closer than ever before and like all of those things are so good I'm like that's what romance is like that's what they should be teaching us in rom-coms you know yeah I know I feel similarly about like having just done this big move I feel like Rory and I have conquered and like I hear you on like kind of the small moments and I totally appreciate that too but yeah Rory and I have had had like you know they say the like the the big things in life that will like cause divorce or like the most stressful times yeah like moving having a child like we've done almost all of them now and we seem to rise to pressure in our relationship very well yeah. like if That's anything awesome. we almost put like petty things on hold because it's like no it's too important for us to be like solid in a unit right now yeah and I really like a pre like I I like looking back on thinking like yeah we really like we did well. Like yeah. a lot of that Which would crumble is huge. a lot of people. Yeah. It is. It yeah. is huge. Cause that yeah. is such a good feeling of security to know that you can depend not just on your partner, but on yourself in those situations too, that you yes. would come together as a team and a unit to, mm-hmm. to do anything. It just makes you feel more secure in life in general, I think. Right. Like that's absolutely. a good feeling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What an episode. What an episode. We We really did. What an episode. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you thinking in the next week? Do you think you're going to try to, like, have some grocery store dates? Yeah. You guys just make it out in the aisle. (laughs) We might have to shut down some aisles. (laughs) We'll get in a freezer or something, cool ourselves off. Um, (laughs) uh, I actually think that's a great idea because it is a good little test and it is such a like easy inexpensive little romantic venture for us you know go and do a grocery shop um and truthfully like the grocery shop here that we would go to has like a coffee shop and everything like we get we could make it a little date which would be so nice. nice Um, for some reason, I have this like built thing built up in my head where I can't go to a movie right now. Like, like not to, anything to do with COVID. It's like that's that's a step too far. <laughs> like, to be to be in a movie theater uncontactable. Like that's a step too far. <laughs> like that's just too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I couldn't do that. Couldn't bear to do that. Um, but a grocery store yeah, trip would be great. So I think I think that's what I'm going to focus on. But also like just I'm I think it's more than anything just bringing that awareness to the over romanticizing mm-hmm. of stuff i think i'm just gathering awareness around that more than anything because yeah i hadn't ever looked into that before yeah um but yeah even like with stuff like the car and stuff it's it's just about not making it a big deal yeah i think that's the thing for me is i just want to like take the pressure off these things having to be mm-hmm. more than they are yeah you know because that's the yeah. thing what like you? when you put that pressure on a relationship to be more than what it is too like in the traditional yes. sense of being romantic that's where a lot of the tensions and the terrible things come from because there's so much pressure on it to be everything and to be this amazing thing and it's exactly. just not possible um no. I don't know I think I do need to like 
focus this next week more on the traditional like romance with my husband of like I need to make an effort to be more touchy-feely and like mm-hmm. hugging and kissing more because his love language is physical touch and I scored zero percent on physical touch in my <laughs> love language like if there was a way to have a negative amount of love language I don't know why I swear like when I was a kid I really I was very cuddly with my mom and like would like yeah but I think that's because I didn't get any other form of um Mm. any other love language like that I didn't get words of affirmation acts of service like I didn't get any of those things to a great degree so I feel like that was the one thing that was easy to get but mm. as I've grown up, that's not, is so not on my, and I don't know if it's because I don't trust it. I just think it's like, right. that's a big thing for me. But do you dislike really doing it, it or is it just that you don't think of it doing it? No, I just don't think of doing it. Like, it's not my yeah. natural reaction to like, like reach out and give him a big hug or like a big, like to yeah. go out of my way. I do it more with him because, um, because I know it's important to him. So I do. I do try to make the effort, but I think I need to make more of an effort in that sense. Yeah, I feel you. But, like, he's is it- so much physical touch that, like, when we're sitting on the couch watching TV, he has to sit, like, right next to me, like, with his, Aww. like, leg pressed up against... Yeah, aw. I'm like, yeah. get away from me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying yeah, to watch the no, movie. Stop no, touching yeah. me. <laughs> Everybody I makes fun of me because it's my love language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. And the poor guy just probably feels constantly rejected because I'm just like, oh, just like back off for two seconds. And I'm like, that's not fair to say to him Maybe you need to finally give in and let him get a cat. (laughs) And then you can just put the cat on his lap. I know, right? Yeah, Yeah. maybe that's a good idea. No. Because then the pressure's off. Like, go get fluffy. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Go cuddle with this. I'll get him a body pillow with my face on it. There you go. That's a great idea. <laughs> or I could just put some more effort in. <laughs> no, but like, you know, we were just talking about people not being everything. Like maybe, yeah. you know, there's another outlet. Um, Because yeah. I, I think, yeah, like it's not your love language, but the fact that you're able to do it without it being like totally cringy or whatever oh, is yeah, good because no. then you can do yeah. a little bit. And like I know something that I read in the love languages book is like when you learn to do the thing that your partner wants that isn't natural to you, when you start getting enough positive response from that, it can like start to come easier. Maybe not totally. And it easy, does, but, like, yeah. Easier. And it does. He his love yeah. his physical touch love language though is like so through the roof that like yeah. it's I that's he's never where satisfied. He's never satisfied. Yeah. Like, and that's where for me, then I start I start pushing back in a way where I'm like, okay, well, yeah. it's never enough. So, like, you know, like, and I get petty in that way, which is terrible and terrible to admit <laughs> on a recording. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but. <laughs> Perpetuity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Here you go, internet. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what's funny is like, so Rory and I both have our love, physical touch as our love language, mm-hmm. one of our top two. And yeah, and so we both have physical touch and quality time are our top love languages. And we were like, great, easy. We have the same love languages. Yeah. And yet our tanks are different sizes and get filled in different ways. Uh, and it's really yeah. interesting because his love, t- his physical touch tank is way larger than mine. Yeah. So kind of like with Greg, it's like, 
I I've had I've had enough. Like I'm like, let's have a cuddle, let's have a cuddle. Okay, I'm done. And then Rory's yeah. like, I just want to keep cuddling, and I'm like, gah, 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 gah. like yeah. my tank's overflowing. I don't I don't want any more. Yeah, things. yeah. You're like it's not pleasant and anymore. <laughs> no, and yeah. also because of my chronic skin condition, like I do right. have, I find I have limits. And so I feel you on that challenge because, it, <laughs> like, you do just hit that limit and you're like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And yet he's unsatisfied. So it's like, yeah. well, not unsatisfied, but, like, it could be yeah. more so. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But I'll, I'll try. This week I'll try to put that effort in and just... <laughs> Be, not be such a yeah because a lot of times I feel like I'm such a like ice queen with certain things like I'm so not mm. feminine I'm so not like the touchy feely like oh dear here like let me rub your back or whatever crap like I'm not like that that's just not who <laughs> I am <laughs> if that's not telling I don't know what it is <laughs> but I'm always like I really have always kind of wanted to be that type of person like, I really mm. like it when people are like that. I like that when people are like that with me. And so I'm yeah. like, okay, well, maybe I need to, like, try to be like that a little bit more. Like, try to emulate that kind of thing. Like, be... A... I think also... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say there could be something as well to, like, like, a, like maintaining mm. a little bit of touch all the time. Because then yeah. it's like the tank doesn't drop too low. Right. And then it's like, maybe, this is just a theory. Go ahead and test it if you want. (laughs) But, but, you know, like, maybe it's like a five-minute massage every night with Greg and then he's happy and and your job is done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea, actually. Mm. See, yeah, that's a good idea. Or whatever, like, substitute massage for whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that idea of, like, almost, like, making it part of a routine. Because I think yeah. that's, for me, what it needs to become. It needs to become, and this sounds terrible, but again, because it doesn't go along with our normal concept or what we've been taught yeah. is romantic, is that, for yeah. me, I need to make it more of a habit than, yes. like, make it part of what I'm always doing rather than, um, I don't care. Something that has to happen spontaneously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, but that's oh, what I'll initial thought for you. Um, but I think that that's, I actually think that there is a lot of romance built into that because yeah. there's a lot of intention, right? Yes. So, like, if you're intentionally trying to build a habit that makes it more autopilot so that his love tank is more easily filled, yeah. I think, I look at that and think it's romantic. Yeah. I would agree yeah. as well because it's somebody, it yeah. means that you're thinking about somebody. And yeah. you're trying to make changes in your life, like, for the, them, it. you know? Yeah. And, like, I had a friend who, uh, she and her husband used to have a, they may still have a hug every single morning, and they did it for 20 seconds. And they, because okay. apparently there's something that happens in your brain after 20 seconds that, like, releases endorphins or something, oxytocin maybe. Okay. And so they, they'd watched this show that talked about it, and so they'd started that habit of doing a 20-second hug. And I must admit, when I have a long hug with Rory, there's a point where it's like, yeah. oh, like we've really been hugging a while. Like, it could be something as simple as that. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, you have a big hug in the morning. Or yeah. I know Gretchen Rubin on her um, happiness project, I think she put as one of her uh, month's experiments that she had to kiss her husband every morning. And okay. I, I laughed at that at the time because I was young and new into my relationship. And now as someone with two children <laughs> where weeks can go by where we haven't kissed, I'm like, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're actually pretty good with that. Like, we are quite affectionate. Like, I always make sure mm-hmm. that I hug him and kiss in the morning. And, like, we're pretty good in that way. But I think 
I think I want to just challenge myself to just be consistent with it and nice. Yeah, and maybe do the twenty second thing. Like make sure that it's yeah. like quality and quantity apparently. <laughs> the disdain in your voice is fantastic. Like, and what other crap? <laughs> this will be a fun week for me, guys. Yeah, I'm we'll like super looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't supposed oh to be comfortable. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, here we go. Okay, awesome. Well, you guys will have to tune in next week to see how this all goes for me because it's not boding well so far. Oh my gosh. I just, I feel like it's like signing off like, oh, here yeah. I go. Oh. Fine. If I have to, yeah. hug my husband. Oh. Yeah. Gosh, the worst. I will go give him a big hug after this conversation. Once we're done recording, I'll go hug him for 20 seconds. I'm like grudgingly. Yeah, I'll do it, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to try and go and sort out a, a, a little holiday. To yeah, go to the grocery center. store. <laughs> Romance. Well, we're really challenging ourselves this week. <laughs> This is not what I thought self-care was going to look like, but this this is is not what I thought romance would look like either. (laughs) The grocery store and hugging for 20 seconds. Yeah. We set the bar high over here. You know what? You guys. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Baby steps. It's baby steps. Yeah, yeah, literally. (laughs) All right, guys. um, Listen next week to get a really interesting update on this. Should be good. And uh, follow us on Instagram. We are at how to be me again. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>